Hey guys, this is Drew Davis with the Every Arkansan Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. This week, we've got Jen Stewart. Jen Stewart leaves our serve on the street ministry. It's a great opportunity to get out there and serve people who you might not normally serve, those people who are experiencing homelessness. I hope these stories inspire you today. Glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself, other than the fact that you have a pseudo-celebrity mother. Yes, my mother's name is Martha Stewart, so um, we won't go into what her maiden name was because she was the butt of many jokes. (laughs) Her maiden name was Butt. So anyway, um, she swore she was going to marry a Smith and ended up marrying a Stewart, so now she's Martha Stewart, and uh, that's my only claim to fame. It's my mother. (laughs) So besides having a mother named Martha Stewart, I am in Arkansas. I was born and raised here. And then in the 90s, I moved away from Little Rock and moved back in 2012. And um, during that time, um, it was filled with lots of education. Um, But unfortunately, during that time, I kind of fell away from God. Um, And um, lots of life changes. Now I'm back and um, I'm single. And I have one child, but he has four legs and barks. So (laughs) that's my fur baby, Indy. And um, for fun, I actually enjoy the symphony. I go to the symphony. Um, uh, Bucket list is go to to the big five, which are the top five symphonies in the U.S. So um, hopefully I'll check one of those off my bucket list this year. And um, I really have a heart for serving, and that's why I'm here. We all kind of talk about this dream that that we kind of get what tell me a little bit about what what's your passion what's your dream and and how you've kind of found it so a little bit earlier i alluded to the fact that um you know i kind of fell away from god just to give you a sense of um my growing up i grew up in a church that um, basically scared you so (laughs) yes um my mother likes to tell the story that when i was in kindergarten and in church they showed a picture of the devil um, which of course is the ears and the red and i got scared and cried and they couldn't get me to stop crying so she had to come (laughs) get me out of church (laughs) um so yeah so that's kind of the i call it the hellfire damnation and it scared me into being a christian so i really didn't understand the joy of being a christian until after i fell away from god because that's all i knew of god is that if i did wrong he was going to punish me so um i became very selfish and um anyway ended up falling in proverbs it says that pride comes before the fall and all i thought about was me Um, i was very successful from the outside everyone thought i had everything and really on the inside um, i was miserable and so when i fell i fell hard and uh, i had fallen into alcohol and drugs and just you know hated myself hated life And I tell you what, Drew, if it wasn't for my family and a few good friends that really picked me up and encouraged me and held on to me and fought for me, um, you know, I could be homeless right now, honestly. And um, I realized that that is what we are called to do as people of God, as Christians. We're here to serve and help others and to lift others up. And with the homeless, I really feel that they are lacking that person that can help them and encourage them and show them the light of Christ. And so after 
my fall and then, you know, building myself back up with the help of others. That is really what I want to do just because it's, it's my story too. I understand loneliness. I understand addiction. I understand, you know, just feeling like you have no one or nothing. And I feel like I'm called to love and to serve these people. So, yeah. And it, it, it's so amazing to me. Oftentimes we just say, Oh, they're homeless. We, we categorize them as homeless versus they're experience, experiencing homelessness. homelessness. Um, it's kind of like saying, Oh, you're just a hopeless person versus you're just experiencing a time of hopelessness. Yes. And that, that's just so important to me. Um, just to grasp that, that they're just like us. They've yes. gone through all kinds of mistakes. And if it, if it weren't for the people in your life, where would you be? And in their situation, there might not have been those people in their life. Right. And that's so important. Um, one, one of your big things is serve on the street. I mm-hmm. mean, what, what kind of, when you started going there, what kind of made you latch on to that particular ministry in, in the way you serve there? Sure. Um, so the first time I ever went to serve on the street, there was a man named James. And I sat down with him because I'm I'm one that I want to be I want to be out there talking to people. We have a lot of people that serve on the street that just want to serve the meal and be kind of a caregiver in that way. We have others that really want to get out there and and talk to these people and find out their stories, and that's me. So I was sitting with James, and when the food line started, I told him I said, James, why don't you go get a meal? And this is what he said to me, Drew. He said. I've already eaten once today, and I want all these other people to eat before I do. And I just, I am not, I don't consider myself an emotional person, but that mm-hmm. that just tore me apart because I have three meals a day. I can eat whenever I want. <laughs> and so he said that to me. Um, and so I sat with him while everyone went through the line, and he was actually reading a Bible, and it was torn and tattered and underlined, and he just... He knew the Bible better than I did, and we were we were just talking. I mean, you know, just sitting there talking about our favorite stories and verses and what inspires us. Anyway, the line started dying down, and I said, James, please go get something to eat. And he said, I will, Miss Jennifer. So he went, went through the line, and he sat with some people that he knew. And afterwards, I was cleaning up, and I feel this tap on my shoulder, and it's James. And he says to me, he says, Miss um, Jen, thank you so much for talking to me today. A man is telling me thank you just for talking to him. And I said, no, James, thank you. And so after that, we had talked about a particular verse. We talked about a devotional I was doing. So I went home. I bought this devotional. I actually wrote a letter of encouragement to James. And I was so excited to go back the next time because I wanted to give him this devotional and this letter of encouragement. And to this day, I've never seen James again. And so... um, I still have that devotional in that letter (laughs) in my car in case he ever comes back, but that's been over two years now. And I wonder sometimes if he's, he was an angel sent to me to give me a directive because that was my, that was my just point of no return at that point. His spirit, just the fact that he just soaked up every bit of encouragement, but more than anything, he blessed me. Mm -hmm. I don't think I blessed him (laughs) as much as he blessed me. So I just fell in love with hearing their stories and their dreams and their who their kids are and and you know we talk about their doctor's appointments and their you know and there's always a story 
And so um, I just fell in love with the ministry. And so here I am <laughs> two years later, and now I'm leading it. And it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just crazy to me. I mean, my James story, I, there are a lot of guys experiencing homelessness that I know as James. Mm -hmm. and, and I was pulling into downtown Little Rock, not paying attention to the world, had my daughter in the backseat about to drop her off at school. And all of a sudden, this knock on my window, and it's this this guy just waving and, and all of this. Now I'm like, oh, man, what does James want? <laughs> and I rolled down the window, and he goes, hey, Mr. Drew, I just saw you and wanted to say hello. Aww. And it's it's so much of the time that we, we look at that guy panhandling on the side or whatever, and we're like, ooh, I, I don't want to make eye contact, or, hey, what's he going to want, or, or or whatever it is. But But it was just one of those things. It was a little bit condemning and convicting because I hadn't even seen him. Wow. And, yeah. and the truth is, is all he wanted to do is say hello. I know. And so much of the time, um, we forget that loneliness is, is just so prevalent among the homeless and among so many other people that we just walk by every day. Yes. So, so with, with Serve on the Street, what, what are y'all really doing? What, what's it? I mean, yeah. serve on the street. I mean, I, I know where it kind of came from. I don't know that everyone that's watching this or listening to this has a clue why in the world <laughs> it's serve on the street. But So we're actually not on the street, but <laughs> uh, we are serving, you know, most people think, oh, you're just serving a meal to the homeless. There's so much more to that. Um, it is actually going in and, and building relationships with these people encouraging these people these people have stories just like i have a story just like you have a story and they want to they want someone to listen to them they want someone to encourage them um you know i think a lot of times we take for granted um that we have at least one person that encourages us or that mm -hmm. loves us and we have a sense of community that those experience homelessness kind of have a sense of community with themselves but they're all in the same situation and i think that they need to see someone else showing them the light of christ and encouraging them so we're not only feeding their bellies we're really feeding their souls is what we're doing and um you know i know people's kids names i know their doctor's appointments i know their medical histories i know where they're sleeping um you know I had one homeless person tell me, this is when it's really cold. I said, well, where are you sleeping, Carl? And he said, I take the bus when I can get money um, to St. Vincent, and I go to the ICU waiting room because otherwise he would freeze. Mm -hmm. It's just absolutely amazing the links that these people to go to to stay warm. Um, Carl did end up getting off the street, and he's a success story. We also have those that, that are not success stories, but we love them anyway. So we just show them the light of Christ. That's really what we're doing, but we're also feeding their bellies, and that kind of gets us in the door and um, opens the door to talk to them by serving them food. When, when we originally kind of started working with, with Serve on the Street, it was under the old Broadway Bridge. Yes, <laughs> Which was always interesting because if it's raining, you got a little bitty dry spot, but that's about it. <laughs> but um, when you, when any, ever you tell anyone, "Hey, we're going to meet under a bridge," it's a little bit—it's a little intimidating. Yes, um, and then now it's it's actually in a, a location, a building. Yes. It, it's part of a actually a homeless church. Yes, it's um, from his throne ministries. 
Um, it's on Arch Street. And yes, you actually serve in a building. <laughs> there's light, there's food, there's water. Um, Pastor Joe and his wife are always there. And, um, you know, I have people ask me all the time, do you, do you feel safe? And I'm a single woman by myself, and I do. I'm telling you, now, you know, the only thing I've ever seen is a fight in the parking lot. But Pastor Joe's went out and took care of that. But as far as when you go in, you start forming relationships with these people. And I have a, a couple of homeless men that, honestly, I think they would give their life. Mm -hmm. um, they're very protective of me and they always ask me about my life. They want hugs. They just, they just eat up that love. And I think it's really the light of Christ coming out of us that they, they gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, we've become a family. And now after we get through serving on the street, when I say we, the volunteers, we're starting to go to dinner together and really getting a sense of community and talking about who we've talked to. Um, listening or talking about prayers they may have and we're building a sense of community on top of helping build a sense of community with the homeless so it's really evolving into something that i think is is precious and that for people that have this kind of heart because as we know sometimes those experiencing homelessness you know are not always easy to deal with so it's not you know serving this population takes takes you know a strong person and someone that really has a love for it so it's really great to hang out with people that have a heart for this and um, I'm just I'm so excited to actually be able to lead this and hopefully grow it in a direction where we really help some people yeah I never will forget um we used to do a, a program on Saturday mornings and then we had a woman walk in on a Saturday morning and it was icy and freezing mm -hmm. outside and just, she walked in and she kind of sat down half frozen. She'd been sleeping in a burned out house and, mm. um, she just, she couldn't move. I mean, she literally was just that cold and was just looking for just a place. And I watched how the volunteers that were there, they, they surrounded her let's get some coffee in her let's get her warmed up let's get some blankets whatever it is and then i watched through the day as she had a shower she got clean warm clothes and she got treated like a human being yes um, i can't imagine living in a burned out house or a boarded up house and the fears that come or living on the street or whatever but so much of the time it's so easy from my experience to serve because it's serving a meal yes. or hey I've got an extra coat sitting over here let me give that away or a pair of socks socks are a huge thing they I know. are <laughs> my buddy Aaron Redden does Socktober every year <laughs> because it's it's just so hard when when you live out and today it's raining outside it's a monsoon everything gets drenched yes and when your shoes and your socks are wet it's it's miserable but just to see through these different organizations that come out and whether it's from his throne and serve on the street or it's one of the many others, when you start to treat people with dignity and respect and like a human. Yes. Let's take a shower. Let's let's do this. Let's let's make your life as comparable to the way it should be as possible. Just the transformation. I, I saw that one woman go from that to, she got a home she was able to bring her own family into the home she got a job all, all these things and it, it's not been without its hiccups and bumps but the amount of transformation that can happen when we just love on another person yes 
and when we encourage them and when we are there rooting for them. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, sometimes they just need a cheerleader in their corner. Um, I've helped and assisted two people get jobs and that doesn't mean that they don't have a home now, but at least they are, they're, you know, off substances, they're going to a job. So it's, it's, those are the stories that we live for. Um, unfortunately, again, not everyone is, is going to, you know, get a job and get a home, but we're there just to show them the light and to continue to encourage them and pray with them and hopefully change their hearts and soften them. So with Serve on the Street, they're going to come out, they're going to help prepare a meal, they're going to serve that meal, they're going to love on people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're antisocial, you can stand behind that line with Absolutely. that table behind, between you <laughs> and, and the, the other people that you're serving, or you can just go right out there in the crowd and just start loving on people. Um, how, how does someone get kind of involved with you guys? Is this, I got to commit and I'm going to be there every night, or is this... A little more flexible than that. It is very flexible. We serve once or twice a month, depending um, on the month. It's the third and fifth Friday of the month, um, and we serve it from His Throne. We start at five forty, or we start serving the meal at six. But if you're going to bring a component of the meal, and don't you know, we don't want people to feel like they have to bring a component of the meal. But if they choose to do that, um, we want them there at five forty-five. We serve at six. Um, service ends at seven, and then we help clean up, um, wipe down tables, take everything out. And then after that, um, we go and fellowship together at dinner somewhere. The restaurants change, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so you're going to serve others and then hopefully you'll come and have fellowship and food with us. Um, but yeah, you can, we do, um, serve the meal so you can actually stand behind the table and serve if you're not comfortable you know, going out and mingling. A lot of people want to do that for a while, and then um, they they see all these people, and they start seeing regulars, and they start talking to them, and then they want to go out and talk to their their friends. So um, it's it's really fun to see the transformation of people and the friendships forming, um, and the encouragement and the love. And I I had a lady walk up to me the other day, and she's like. She just came over and prayed with me. She's so sweet. She said, I have, I have shoulder issues. And she pulled out this form from the doctor and explained all her shoulder issues. But she was just so excited that someone had taken the time to listen to her and to pray with her. And then she came up to me and was like, thank you all so much for praying with me. So um, it's it really, it will bless you. I promise you that this, this blesses me more than it blesses those people. And you said something a minute ago that was kind of a shock to me when I kind of get, got into it. This isn't just single people that are there being served. There's families. Yes, there's children. There's children. Yes. And I, mean, I think the statistic is right now, on any given night, there's like 3 million children that are experiencing homelessness. And so, I mean, this is not just a situation that you're serving the guy you see panhandling on the street, this, right. this goes way deeper. Yes, there are men, women, children. Um, I have a few girls that were on the street since 12. They're now 18 or 19. And, um, you know, I've 
started ministering to that. I mean, there's all different types. There's all different walks of life. There are people that come in there that literally have lost their job that are living out of their car and they just don't have enough money to eat. So, you know, there's, it's all different stages of people experiencing homelessness. And um, our goal is just to encourage and love on. And if there is a way that we can help, um, for example, a lot of times these people don't know how to get an ID. So we'll print off how this is what you need to do. You need to go, you know, here first. This is your steps to do that. So, you know, they don't have access to computers. Um, I've had a couple of people want to apply for jobs. So I'll take my computer in and I'll sit down with them and they, they don't even have an email. So I'll, I'll make an email address for them on Yahoo and then we'll apply for that job and just to see the light in their face when they feel like they have done something so you know it's 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 really it's not giving a whole bunch of money it's basically just going on and giving of yourself and your time and i think that you hit on another thing that we take for granted in the in the rest of the world is when you don't have an email when you don't have a phone when you don't have access to the things we're used to even a home address yes i mean imagine filling out a job application and you can't list a phone number and you can't list a home address Yes, and I will tell you the one thing I love about From His Throne, Pastor Joe allows them to use the physical address, and he will offer out his cell phone number as like a message number. So, you know, I mean, it that's what it takes. It takes knowing someone that will help you get that email address, give you a physical address, and before that, you feel helpless because you have no one. So that's what we're there to do. And um, again, it's not about money and giving money to these people. It's about giving hope and encouragement and helping them get a driver's license by telling them what their steps are or helping them get an email address or just saying, hey, how did that job interview go? What's going on? Did you go and follow up? You know, you kind of feel like, I kind of feel like a mom sometimes. <laughs> did you follow up with that job? <laughs> you know, but, but that's what they need. Right, that's, right. that's what, you know, friends do. They encourage each other each other and ask about their lives so that's what we're doing and so if someone wants to get involved and says oh man this sounds like my alley i want to i want to jump in here how do they get in touch with you or, or right. whoever to sign up to to join you guys you can just get on the arkansas dream center website and you can sign up for serve on the street on the nights that we serve and if it's someone that's like with a church are there other opportunities for like entire churches to say i want a night absolutely um Pastor Joe, I can put you in touch with him if you want to get a group together and do a completely separate night. Um, I don't know what's open right now, but they are always looking for groups to help. So yes, definitely. And if Friday night doesn't work for you and you want to look at other evenings, I can always you know, put that person in, in touch with Pastor Joe and possibly they could sign up with other churches to do so as well. And then, I mean, just a practical thing for that person that's like, okay, I, I'm so antisocial, I can't even stand on the other side of the line. Right. I mean, they can drop off yes. socks, coats, sleeping bags, blankets, all those things, and you guys can put them in the hands of people that need them. Absolutely. Um, I have people that come up to me um, when I'm pack like unloading or loading back food, asking me, do you have any gloves? Do you have any? And honestly, I go to the dollar store and they have fleece gloves for a dollar and I pick up 10 pair. And that's another thing we do. We walk around. That's another way to connect and just say, hey, do you need some warm gloves? 
Um, you don't have to do that. That's not required. Another thing you could do is if you do not want to stay and serve or you're so antisocial, but you love to cook and you want to <laughs> cook for these people, that would be great. We always need people to prepare the food because we don't cook there. We bring in the, the meal already prepared and warmed and then we serve. So if that's something, you know, that someone's called to do, they can I'll come pick up the food or they can drop it <laughs> off. However, but we always need food. And then if you have donations of clothes, blankets, anything, then I can get those in the right hands for people as well. And, and one other big one that I've noticed is feminine hygiene products. Yes. I mean, it, you're living on the street and it's already tough enough. And especially for the ladies, those are a huge blessing that yes. are oftentimes overlooked. Yes. And it's things that... I hate to say it, but we take for granted that they don't have access to. So yes, um, any of those sorts of donations, especially in the summer, I'll tell you hand sanitizer or the baby wipes. They always want that. That's pretty much how they bathe on the street is the baby wipes, um, deodorant, um, toothbrush, toothpaste. And you know, those are kind of the basics, just the basic necessities. And here in Arkansas, bug spray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes, especially it doesn't matter where you live, <laughs> inside or out. I mean, bug spray is, is a necessity for a comfortable life. Well, Jen, thank you so much yeah. for just sharing about where your heart is, where you're serving, and just opportunities for others just to get involved. And, and we just are so grateful that you're willing to go down there and and just bless these people that are experiencing this homeless situation and tell them, hey, there's hope. Oh, there it doesn't is. have to stay this way. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Every Arkansan Podcast. We are so thankful that Jen Stewart has discovered what her God-given dream is, chasing after those who are experiencing homeless. I hope she inspired you to get out there and do something a little bit outside your comfort zone to do something that's going to change the life of one of your fellow Arkansans. Thank you for joining us on the Every Arkansan podcast. Let us know if there's a topic you'd like to learn more about so that we can help you chase after your God-given dream. In the meantime, you can like, subscribe, and share this on social media. Check with us next week for another inspiring story of Arkansans chasing their dreams.